0: Shalom ubracha. We're up to Yuma Daf Nun Dalid. We're going to start at the beginning of the Mishnah, Nun Gimelam Mabez. Here the Mishnah tells us that after the Aron was taken, we're going to discuss what that means, there was a stone, an Evan that was left in its place. From the time to the Nevi'im, it was called Shisiyah. The Evan Shisiyah was three fingers height above the ground. And that's where the arun went. When it says that he, the coyon Gadol would stand between the badim, on he'd put it down, he'd put down the kataras between the badim. That means on the part of the stone which stuck out where the badim would have been when the arun was there. Then the Kayan gaddal would take the blood from the kayan who was busy mixing it. He would come back into the Kaddish kedushim and stand exactly where he was before between the Badim. Then he would sprinkle the blood once up and seven times down. He wasn't exactly aiming. He just sprinkled it, you know, directly up and down. And he would count one up, one down, one up, two down, one up, three down, one up, four down, one up, five down, one up, six down, one up, seven down. Then he would go out. He would put that cup of blood in a gold stand, which was in the Kedish in the Heichal. They would bring him the blood of the Seir, but well, they would bring him the seir, he would shacht it, collect that blood, and bring that blood into the kadish kadashim and do the sprinkling again. He would come out and put down that cup of blood. Rabbi Yehuda says that there was only a stand for one cup, so he would pick up the dama par when he put down the dam of the seir. Then on the outside of the parejas, he would do another set of sprinkling. First with the par and then with the seir. Now that he has finished doing those four sets of sprinkling, he would pour the dam of the power into the cup with the dam of the seir, stack the cups and put it down in the golden stand. Now the Gemara says that the Mishnah used the term of when the urn was taken, not when it was hidden. This seems to say that the urn was actually removed from the premises, and this goes like Rebbe Eliezer, who says that the urn was taken to Bavel. In that Brysa uh, agrees with Reva says that the urn is in Babel. Reva Yehuda Ben Lakesh, however, says that it was archived in the spot by the, by the Kadesh Kodashim He has a pasach that says, the urn was going to be there forever, until today. So that sounds like the urn is still there. This is arguing with Ula, who said that Rav Shem Ben Yechai holds that the Aaron is still in the Kaddish Kedashim not like this brayso where we said that Rishon Ben holds that the Aaron was exiled into Bavel. Now Rava says, okay, you're basing uh, Rabbi is basing his, I'm sorry, Rishon Ben Lakish is basing his pshat, his opinion that the Aaron is in the Kaddish Kedashim from the words ad hayoyim hazeh. Who says that ad means forever? It says that the Bnei Yemen and the Yevusim were going to be in Yerushalayim forever. And the Bresa says, rev Yehuda tells us that for 52 years, no one was in Yehuda. No one was in Eretz Israel. He learns that from a Pasuk in yermia that uses the word Behemoth, saying that there were no birds, no animals, and there, was nothing, there was nothing, nothing there. In Behemoth, Gematra 52. Another Bresa says in the name of Rav see that for seven years, there's nothing in Eretz Yisrael but Gophris Melach. sulfur and salt. He learns out the seven years from a Zereshevah of bris, bris But the point is that you see that ben and the Yevusim, were not in Eretz Yisrael, even though it says, Adah azeh. azeh. does not mean forever. What makes you think that the Oran HaKadosh has to be in the Kaddish Kedoshim just because it says, Adah so he said, "No." The Gemara answers that review the Malakash says it's there because not only does it say "arayim it also says "shom." It's there "arayim and it doesn't say that by the Nomen and the Yavusim. The Gemara says, "Whoa! Hang on a second. You're telling me that wherever it says hazeh shom,' it means forever." We have a basar like, in Divrei Hayomim that says, There you have "shom" and "arayim and we know that the are still living there. Sancheirem mixed up all the nations. That's Taka Teuvta. On a Ben Now the Gemara brings a fascinating story that proves that the Arun is buried in the base of uh, That That's where Yeshua put it after the first base of Mikdosh. Rabbi Nachman brings a story. B'Shem the He says, they say that the Aron is in the Lishkas Dir HaEitzim, the chamber where they would store and inspect the wood for the base of Mikdash. In fact, there's a story of one Kayin who was there and he was taking care of whatever he was doing with his wood, with his hatchet, and he saw that one of the tiles was a little different and when he went to go tell his friend that there's something funny about that tile, he couldn't even get the words out before he died. What was he doing? He was busy fixing his hatchet. Now, uh, we also have Tony de Shmuel, that there were two Kehanim who were Bale-mumen, and they were deworming their wood, and one of their hatchets fell on the floor, and it got consumed by fire. Next of you, Huda tries to figure out what did the Oran look like in the hegel I mean, it says in one puzzle by Yeru Rosh Abad to be able to see... The badim, the handles of the aron, but also says that it wasn't able to be seen outside. So what does that mean? It means that they were seen and not seen. Uh, in fact, we have a that tells us that you were able to see the the heads of the poles sticking out of the Kedashim. Uh They were very long. They would they would be pulled out. They weren't placed in the middle of the aron. They were actually pulled out towards the heichal, and it would poke into the, into the pareches. In a way that it looked like the breasts of a woman, based on the bain shodayolin." that the same way a baby yearns to nurse from his mother, we should yearn to learn Torah to get that spiritual satiation. If Katina said that when Klaishol came to the base of Mikdash to be Oile Regel, they would pull back the Parachas and show everyone the Keruvim hugging each other. And they would say, Look how the Rabbi Nishalilim loves you the way a Zacher loves in a Kaiva. Based on the mission of the Malach, we could say that the Kahanim weren't allowed to go in for this, but once they were there, they didn't have to leave. They came in for the Avaidah, and then they stuck around in the Kadesh to be able to pull back the Parekhahs and show Kali Yisrael. Now, if Chista asked, hang on, how are they showing everybody the Kadesh, the Levim, how are they able to show, show off the Oren, the Levim themselves, who were carrying the kli Kadesh and the Midbar, they weren't even allowed to look at it while they were packing it up. Rabbi Nachman says that this is a mashal to a kala, that while the kala is still in her husband's house, her father's house, when she's only engaged, she's tsenuah from her husband. And Klai Israel, we were like a kala to Hashem in the Midbar, and therefore we were not allowed to be looked at. We were, The oran had to be concealed. However, once the kala gets married, then she's no longer tsenuah. So in the first base of Mikdash, we were married to the Rabbi Yisraelim, and we were able to show the Aran to Klai Israel. However, in the second base of Mikdash, it was like we had gotten a divorce after the first Chorbon. And when a husband brings back his Gerusha, that element of Tsneos returns. That's why we weren't allowed to find it in the second Besamekdash. And the Gemara clarifies, when did they show Klai Yisrael this display of the aron? If it was the first Besamekdash, there was a wall between the heichal and the Kaddash. Between the Heichol and the Kaddash Kadashim. So what were they pulling back? If it was the second Besamekdash, the aron wasn't there. So, Mimunav Was it the first base of Mikdash? Where was the curtain? Or was it the second base of Mikdash? Where was the Aran? So, the first answer is that we're talking about the first base of Mekdash. And in the wall, in the tracks in, that divided the Kaidish and the Kaidish Kodashim, there was an opening. That's how the, the Kain Gadol was able to get into the Kaidish kadashim, And that opening was covered with a curtain, with a pareches. And that's what they peeled back to show Chay Yisrael, the Kruvim. The second answer is that really it was this display was in the second base Mekdash. And although there wasn't an urun with Kruvim, there were Kruvim designed onto the wall, along with the palm trees and these beautiful flowers. Those designs on the wall would actually hug each other when Clyostol was behaving. I guess we could say both answers are true. The first Beis HaMikdosh had the curtain, and the second Beis HaMikdosh had the wall. And uh, we always got that display, of being able to see the love of Hashem for Klai Israel. Rabbah Barav Shila explains that it looked like a man hugging his wife in his arms. Rish Lakish says that when the Goyim came into the Beis HaMikdosh, into the Kodesh, they saw that these Kruvim were hugging each other, and they took this display, whether it was the curtain from the wall or the actual kruvim and they brought it into the shuk and they said look how what Kalei this holy nation and they're dealing with this love that seems lewd it was a tremendous disgrace and that's what the Pasuk means when it says kol hezilu ervasa now on Nundalarama Bays the Gemara talks about the Evan Shisiyah. why was it called Shesiyah? because the world was hush-sas. It was built from this stone. This is according to one of the opinions in a Mishnah. And the, the Mishnah that the Gemara quotes discusses how Hashem created the world. Rebbe says it was created inside out. So we had the MTC in the middle and the world was built around it. Rebbe Yeshua's second opinion says that the world was created outside in. He has a pasuk of ki l'sheleg yoimar now, these different weather elements come from different sides of the universe and Hashem built from the outsides inward to the center. The third opinion is of Yitzhak Nafcha. He says that Hashem threw a stone into the ocean and from there brought out the world. The fourth opinion is of the Chachamim that says that the world was created from Zion. If I'm not mistaken, this is the raya that the world is created from that, from Shasia, like our Mishnah. That's a that says that that's the reason for the name Shasia. Now lastly, we have a Braisa of Re- Rebelezer HaGadol, which says that all the the spiritual... Shemayim creations were built in Shemayim, or created in Shemayim, and the earthly ones were built down on earth. While the Chachamim say they were were all created from Tzion. All of these opinions bring down a Pasuk to prove their Makar. The Chachamim are saying that even the stars and the upper luminaries are also created from Tzion. Have a wonderful day!